Hi, this is Tina Black, and this is the B-Series Podcast. Today, we'll be exploring untold stories of transformation and leadership. We hope you'll subscribe and check out the B-Books and send us your stories of transformation after listening. All right, this is a really special moment for me because I get to interview two of my most favorite people who actually brought me into this world, my mom and dad. And I cannot wait for you guys to hear from them. And to, I wish you could see their faces because they're just such beautiful people. And I'm so blessed because my dad just celebrated his 87th birthday yesterday. And my mom's 83. And they've been married, believe it or not, 62 plus years. So, I mean, who's counting, right, Dad? <laughs> 62 plus years. So, hi, Mom and Dad. Nice to be here. So, we're sitting in my home in Marco Island, Florida, and I love these moments because we've been we've lived down here for quite a few years, back and forth between Michigan and Florida. And one of the biggest reasons why we came down here was so we can spend more time with my parents, which is awesome. And I want to talk today about the seventh generation principle and if you haven't heard of the seventh generation principle no i'm not talking about laundry detergent but if you know the history of the seventh generation uh, principle it's based on an ancient iroquois philosophy that the decisions we make today should result in a sustainable world seven generations in the future and i heard about this from the dean of palmetto schools last month when claybaugh and I had to look it up and I had to study it. And it's so awesome because watching my parents and the way they have shifted their legacy with our children. So they've had five kids. Of course, I'm the favorite. I'm the best, of course, but <laughs> that's beside the point. But actually, I have amazing siblings. And just to watch like the, the effect that both of you have had on all five kids and you've been married 62 years, not one of the five kids have ever been divorced. And like, think about that. 50% of divorces, of, of marriages end up in divorce, which is crazy. And it doesn't matter if you're going to church or not going to church, people get divorced. And, and so I wanna talk about that for a moment because I believe that's one of the number one things that the both of you have taught me is to be married and, and in fact i'm working on a book right now with with brian my husband of of being married and so and i learned most of that from you and it's funny because i just heard this author speak in atlanta georgia and he wrote the book love and respect and i remember mom asking you like what i asked you this years ago i said to you and it came to fruition when i heard this author speak I said, what is it that has helped you to stay married to dad all these years? And you said, respect. Women need love, men need respect, right, in a marriage. And so what was it that first made you fall in love with mom? Because I've, I've watched and observed you over the years, just the love that you have had uh, and passion towards mom, and then watching you now the last seven years taking care of her. You know, I came out of the service, and. Uh, in the army in 1954 and uh, anyway she was working for my sister yes. and I seen a picture of her and I said you know why don't you fix me up with a date with uh, you know Your the sister. person that works for, uh -huh. with you and mm -hmm. for you and, <laughs> and so anyway love at first sight it, it was kind of uh, love at first sight yeah. and the uh, so anyway we went out and 
had a date and uh, with my sister and her uh, husband and at the time and uh, anyway it was uh, love I guess at first sight and it, it kept growing and so uh -huh. the uh, it was uh, probably a year and a half after that we uh, we married and um, the April seven the seventh sorry seven months wow that's amazing I love that the time we yeah met. it was it, it was quite a while yeah anyway. And I was still sowing my seeds from uh, uh, being in the service. Uh, I took over the salesmanship at, uh, uh, in charge of 36 salesmen. And uh, at a you know, ripe old age of about 25. And uh, they were all older than me at the time. But they, uh, I think they gained respect for me because uh, I could sell more than they could sell, and I knew <clears throat> how to do it, and uh, and people liked me for doing it. Yeah, I, I love the, the process that you took and, and the drive that you had, because that's another thing that you taught me, is how to be driven and how to be com uh, competitive. Like, you set that standard for us, and I, I want to jump into that now, because you took uh, this incredible, like, I didn't even know growing up, like, how let's say quote unquote important you are because you never thought you were important you were such a humble man and you wined and dined people like michael jackson and and different celebrities like who some of your favorite celebrities that you wined and dined because the handelman company was a company a music um distributor company correct and so you turned that company around and really made it millions of dollars and so i just think that's incredible well it was uh I respected everybody that I called on, and uh, and I showed respect to the artists that I dealt with, uh, and I think that uh, they liked me just as much as I liked them, and uh, mm -hmm. you know to have Wayne Newton as a as a personal friend of mine. I mean, it, uh, you know, he did a lot for me. I did a lot for him, and uh, it was like uh, the Michael Jackson thing at his home and. Uh, he showed us his museum that he had and showed us all of the animals that he had. And uh, it was right after the record Thriller, which is probably the number two bestseller in the world. Yeah. And I think Eagles is uh, uh, Greatest Hits is the biggest seller of all time. And uh, they were a great group as well. And uh, But anyway, in the music business, we were also in the health and beauty aid business back in uh, the start of all of those things. And we used to sell supermarkets or health and beauty aids. And I think that's where I, I really excelled. I excelled in that area. And then when we got into the music business, it was like uh, I did the same thing I did in the health and beauty aid business. Yeah. And, business uh, is business, right, Dad? That's right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and it never bothered me to call on, uh, you know, presidents of, of uh, stores, and whether they be department stores like Hudson's in Detroit or like. Kane uh, Sloan in Nashville, Tennessee, and uh, and I was able to work, you know, around things that uh, w would uh, prevent them from buying from us, and uh, so maybe it was the pricing, or maybe it was, uh, you know, the idea that we were too big to take care of them <clears throat> and, uh, as we grew, and uh, my biggest accomplishment 
if you want to say accomplishments and, uh, and accounts, was to do uh, uh, five presentations one day with, with uh, Sam Walton and mm -hmm. his crew yeah. at their home office in Bentonville, Arkansas. And uh, that account, when uh, I retired from Hanneman, was doing $600 million at that uh, And we were doing a billion two hundred million when I started with the company uh, in the health and beauty aid business and not even in the music business yet. Uh, we, we were only doing about $3 million. And uh, from that point on, uh, through the years, I was able to uh, open up a lot of accounts including Walmart and uh, so many so many others. Uh, Myers was another one in Michigan and a great account and uh, was able to build that company. And uh, mm -hmm. so we did, uh, you know, a, 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 let's say purchase, we didn't purchase, but we just actually took over many of the uh, competitors because they just couldn't compete to us. We were in the uh, UPS, uh, UPC, a business long before the industry was in the UPC business. Mm -hmm. And uh, we could do that and wand, let's say, the music and the stores that we service and uh, create orders through the computer. And uh, Sam Walton, you know, was so interested in that that he kept uh, asking me to do another presentation to a bunch of other people. And he sat through every one of them. And, uh, you know, I'm not an American tobacco person that says the same thing every time. So I kind of changed my presentations in order to fit, you know, so it doesn't, I don't get bored. Yeah. And so the, uh, I would miss out a couple of things and Sam would say, Jim, Jim, you know, you forgot to tell him about this. <laughs> I said, you're right, Sam, and that was very important. And I'm sorry that I, I skipped over that. So I would tell him about that. Yeah. But Sam would interrupt me and say, Jim, you got to tell him about this, you know. Oh, my gosh. And, uh, so, what an amazing man that yeah. he was. And yeah. he, he, he was learned an, he so was much a, from him. He was an amazing him. man. Mm -hmm. And uh, I spent a lot of time with Sam and uh, went to their meetings, uh, was able to call, be called up on stage and, and uh, presented uh, uh, awards for being a supplier that... Uh, made a difference and, yeah. and was able to speak with uh, when Sam uh, gave up the reins as uh, CEO to uh, David Glass. Hmm. David Glass and I became great friends. Next uh, thing I want to talk about is first you taught me to be married, you taught me to be driven. Number three is you taught me to be an encourager, to be a supporter, to have confidence and to have hope. And the one thing I love about you and mom, and, and mom I'm going to um, have you address this first, but I love the fact that you were always available. And I remember just sitting on the counter and just spilling my guts to you. Like you built that safety with me that I always knew I could count on you and you never judged me, you just listened. You were always listening and you were always encouraged my dreams, my hopes. You never told me, I, I see so many parents out there that try to tell their kids how they should think and what they should do, but you never ever did that with me. And I think that's so incredible. So I hope and pray I've done that for my children as well. And so I, you taught me that to encourage my own dreams. So how did you create that supportive environment? What'd you do? 
I, I must have grown up that way. Yeah, and so you yeah. always had support, and I know your yes. mom supported you. Which yeah, she was, she was always woman. there. Always there. I, I could always mm-hmm. count on her being at the door as mm-hmm. I come home. And that meant a lot to me. Yeah. And I guess it, it just meant so much to me. I wanted to be a mother mm-hmm. that could raise her children if we could afford it. Yeah. Because my heart, that's where my heart was. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. So you watched your mom do it. Your mom had such a gentle spirit. She, of course, she always did. loved to play games. So that was one oh, thing God. I remember. <laughs> Talking oh, about com- competition, right? So competition comes from your family, too, and being driven. And I think that's so cool because you guys have been able to spread that legacy amongst you know, all five of us and our children, and, and it list goes on. And so I think that's yeah. powerful, the safety that you've had. And, and who came into your life, or what transformational moment did you have to be able to spread this? Well, I, I can go, go back to a lot of uh, these top people that ran these big businesses. And uh, they were on stage, and I used to go to these uh, uh, big meetings and so forth where they uh, were named, let's say, the Retailer of the Year. And uh, <coughs> Harry Cunningham, who ran uh, and started Kmart, and uh, they were the number one people. And Sam Walton, you know, that started, uh, and then there was J.C. Penney that I spent some time with. And uh, they all said the same thing. And at first I didn't recognize it. But then all of a sudden I started counting how many times they would say it because I don't know who pointed it out to me or whether it was just me that picked up on it. But uh, they kept saying, you know, at least three to five times, have the capacity to listen. Mm. And the capacity to listen is one of the hardest parts because if you listen to your customer, you'll find out what you're doing wrong. But you have to listen. Yeah. and the, uh, sometimes you know the answers when you ask a question. You know, but let the people answer that question. Because one time out of 10, they're gonna say something different than what you know. Wow. And what you think is right. Yeah. What you think the answer of that question is. And that's, <clears throat> I did that. I started to listen instead of just talking. And because I was a talker, and I, I figured I knew, you know, because I was opening these accounts and, and taking on you know, positions above and beyond and uh, making more money. But the, the key is, is that I, would, I became a good listener. Yeah, you know, I love that. That's a powerful statement. I feel like it's the five words of success, have the capacity to listen, and that's how you became successful. And the other thing I love about you guys is you guys really set the standard in our family of hey, you don't have to go to college. Like, go, if you're gonna go to college, make sure it's a very specific reason. And when you sat down with me and said, okay, so what do you wanna do? Like, what's your passion? And, you know, I had an incredible um, experience in dentistry. I wore braces for four years, and I'm like, I think it's dentistry that I wanna do. And so you're like, okay, then, then find a school that actually can coach you or teach you in dentistry, right? And so I think that's so cool because you didn't force your kids to go to college. And today, all I see is 
uh, parents that are my age, like they just, the next step is college. Like you're going to college and I own cosmetology schools. So I watch this all the time. They're parents that are my age and they're, they tell their kids, you're going, no, you're not going to cosmetology school. You can't quote unquote, can't make any money at that. You need to go to college. And I have experienced um, so much tremendous heartbreak from that, from people around me and saying, oh my gosh, I just spent $50,000 on college and I quit because I hated it. There was nothing I wanted to do. And so I came to your school. So tell me, what was it that uh, transpired in your mind to say no? Because uh, you were smart beyond your years at that moment, saying no, kids, and all of our kids became completely successful. A couple of us did go to college um, for, for very specific reasons, and the rest did not. And, uh, but they're so successful. And to watch them, what transpired in your mind to say, no, be very specific about your career? How did you learn that? My, my children, when, uh, you know, I said, if you, if you want to go, go, you know, go and uh, make something out of yourself. Uh, if you have no desire to do that, you know, go do what you can do best and, uh, and do it better than anybody else. And, yeah, do it better than anybody else. <coughs> do what you do best, but do it better than anyone else. That and is, I love that, Dad, because uh, you transferred that to the whole family, and every single one of them are incredible in their careers. And you spread that legacy, and we're going to able to give that to our kids and they're our kids' kids, you know? So look at the seventh generation principle that you've caused, which is so incredible. And so first of all, we talked about things you taught me is to be married, to be driven, to be an encourager. I wanna talk about number four, because you were just talking about this, and I feel like you have taught me the true meaning of love. And, and mom, I wanna go to you first, because you kept saying to me all these years before I became a Christian, you would say, Tina, God is love. It never registers to me that God is love. Like, I didn't understand that, right? And then I was like, oh my gosh, he is God is love. So when you can feel how much God really, really loves you, when you really know how much God loves you, you're able to give that love. And your unconditional love, both of you, has been so incredible. And so you taught me how to give that love back to my children. And now I get to help raise my grandson, which is such a blessing. But first of all, it was always about family first. And part of my book, Be Married, is called Leadership Starts at Home. And mom, you led so well at home with what I feel is the number one value for any person is to love. So where did you learn that from? I have to give it uh, that credit to my parents. Mm -hmm. This is see their legacy that I, they gave to you. Yeah, mm -hmm. it, I just followed. I guess I just followed my mother's love. That's the best thing I can think of. Yeah, is is the word she, she was, was so gentle, kind, and loving, was, and just like really you, was. she spread that to you. Yeah, and she mm -hmm. was never. Um, bossy or tried to put anything into my mind or she just listened actually yeah 
so listening is a form of loving, yeah, which you is. always did. I remember coming home from school and just sitting up on the counter and you would just listen. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you had a million <laughs> things on your mind, like I got to get this and this done, but no, nope, my kids first. Important. It was always was family important. first. I enjoyed that, by mm -hmm. the way. Yeah. <laughs> so let's let's back up a little bit because I said that, you know, leadership starts at home and and the be loving. And how did you stay present? Because I know for me, when I'm at work, like I just want to bring work home and I want to talk about work to my husband and to everybody around me, you know, my frustrations and everything. So it's hard for me to shut it off. But you what I observed growing up is you completely shut it off and you would be able to walk in and give full attention to the kids. I alluded earlier that I had no idea of your celebrity status growing up because you never acted like a celebrity. You were just dad to us. You were daddy-o. You know, we call you daddy Waddy, patty daddy-o, all kinds of names, fun names, because you were fun with us and you were always trying to create fun and, and just loving, so loving to us, you know, and hugging and whatever you could do to make us feel comfortable. Where'd that come from? Because I, I know that you didn't necessarily observe that in your home growing up. Where did that come from for you? How did you do that? I guess it was because it wasn't at my home. Yeah, you so know? you wanted to create so something it, that you it, never saw. When, when I uh, was driving home from work every night, <coughs> I shut it off. Yeah. And the, uh, when I got home, it was for the family. And it was for her, you know, to make sure that uh, you kids were being, you know, kind to her. And if you weren't, that was going to be my job for that night. Right. But it was all family to me. Yeah. I mean, I could cut it off. And I said to myself many, many mm -hmm. years ago when I started, I said, started having a family, I had to shut it off because they wouldn't understand it anyway. They're so little. For sure, and, and I love that you always put family first, Dad, and, and th thinking about how you would pay, help pay the bills for your mom, like you did that your whole, her whole life, and I just think it's incredible, like that's unheard of, A, that kids are paying for their parents, right, um, but also your siblings, and watching how you help support them financially, I think is just unheard of and incredible, which I think goes to my next point of number five is you're to be generous. And you taught me that giving is the highest level of living. And I believe that because of your giving spirit is what made you so successful, you know, because givers do gain. And you were always thinking about who could I give to, whether it was someone working on your property, you would overpay them, or whether it was just somebody in need or a waitress or a waiter or anybody and everybody, you always just gave attention to people and both of you. And I'll have, um, I'll have you talk about it first, Dad, is how, where'd you learn that generosity principle? I guess it, can, it comes <clears throat> from uh, people that helped me, uh, you know, and uh, I helped many, many people. I, uh, if I made a presentation to a buyer, uh, and it was assistant buyer because the buyer was off sick, I would make that full presentation to that particular buyer, you know, and the uh, uh, assistant buyer, and the person, and I loved to do it in front of uh, people that worked with me, for me, uh, because I wanted them to learn how to make a, a you know, a presentation and they could learn something from it. 
Uh, I know a couple of times, I mean, I had uh, some individuals that I had with me. Uh, and you travel a long way sometimes in order to uh, make these presentations. And uh, he says, you know, that uh, assistant buyer that you made it to, he, he probably couldn't make any decisions, you know. I said, that mm -hmm. assistant buyer might become president one day of a company. That's right. And who's they going to yeah. remember? You yeah. Know? So the, That's uh, good. And I said, did you learn something from this presentation? He said, yes. He said, I, I learned to, if I go that far, make the presentation. Yes. You know, and I've had people that say, you know, uh, we can get in here and get out of here tonight and be in uh, New Orleans, uh, you know, uh, you know, late tonight. And I said, if we have to stay three days, we've traveled this far mm -hmm. over to Wichita, Kansas, you know, from Detroit, Michigan, and I'm not going to rush this presentation at all. I said, you want to go to New Orleans? You go ahead and go to New Orleans. I'm staying here, and I'll make the presentation alone then, you know. And the, uh, that, was a, uh, wow. that was an individual that owned, a, his father owned a company, and uh, we had just taken that company over, and he was uh, the son of the owner of that company. And, uh, and he, you know, he was well off, I mean, and uh, uh, got a lot of money for the company, and then he split it with his brother and his father. And, uh, but I tell you, he learned something from that that day. You know, yeah. you don't rush an appointment. Mm -hmm. If you go that far, stay an extra day. Yes. You know? I can always call home and say, I'm going to be a day late. Yeah, you, know? you always exceed everyone's expectations. And everywhere you go, like you, you light up a room. And, and because you're always like, how can I give? How can I be generous? How can I add value? That's who you are. And I just think that's so incredible. I do a lot of smiling. A lot. You taught me how to smile. And uh, I remember you would always say to me is just, if you don't understand people, just smile, right? right? And so you'll get far in life. And it's true. That's the number one way that when people ask me, how did you get so far in life with a great smile? My dad taught me how to smile. Amen. And I think that's incredible. Mom, um, that generosity that you taught, like where did that come from for you? Because you're one of the most generous, giving, kind people that I've ever met, and you happen to be my mom. So where did that come from for you? I know, as a child, mm -hmm. it was just something in me. I wanted to help people. Yeah. And if there was a way to do it, I, I would find a way to do it. Yeah. Not, it didn't have to be. You'd make it happen. You're a make it happen kind of person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was, that's beautiful. Uh, the next principle, which is principle number six, is to be energetic. <laughs> and so, I, of course, my husband calls me the energizer bunny. My kids call me the energizer bunny. But you taught me the uh, importance of building habits in your life, of getting up early and going to bed early. I mean, those are just two really simple things of having that consistent bedtime and wake up time. And I remember I would get up really early in the morning to go uh, jogging and I never wanted to miss out of what was happening in our family's home you know so I would always get up early no matter what you know because I didn't want to well, uh, miss out I was always the first one up yeah and I still am I'm the first one up in our family and so you taught me that where did that come from dad let's start with you like 
you're Mr. Energizer Bunny. You're 87 years old, and I know life is throwing, you know, slowing you down right now, and it's not as easy to move. And I'm sure you want to move faster. Like you still win golf championships, and you're just like crazy maniac when it comes to energy. I've never seen anybody like it in their 80s. But something that I love about you dad that i really think we should bring into fruition is the fact that you never ever disparaged your parents um, no matter what you went through at home you never disparaged your siblings you never cut down people you always only see the good in people and i think that's incredible because i believe we live in an age of blameville i like to call it of oh i'm not successful because my parents did this to me or i went through this trauma yeah let's you know get the help that you need but move on like let's let's move forward you know i'm all about uh forward like just go forward like look past the past and move forward and, and so you never talked to us ever one time about the atrocities that you really did go through because you just didn't want to talk about it and you're like it doesn't matter it happened it passes in the past but how do you do that, Dad, and how do you stay optimistic, and what advice do you give to people that keep going back to the past? Well, it's, it's real simple. You know, the past is the past. Mm -hmm. And the, uh, if you had bad times back then, you know, you've got good times this time. You know, and what mm -hmm. you're trying to do is make people happy around you. You know what I mean? And the, uh, that makes you happy. Yeah. So the, uh, you forget the past. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now you learn from the past, mm -hmm. but you forget about the bad mm -hmm. times. And there's no reason that in life you should start worrying about something that already happened. Yeah. You know, let's worry about things that's going to be happening to you. Yeah. And the, uh, so I've always looked to the future regardless. Yeah. It's like I'm a very competitive person when it comes to sports. I always have been. Uh, I wasn't good at a lot of them, but I'll tell you this, I played a you know, I still play them today, and I give it my best, you know what I mean, and, and somebody I'm playing with, uh, if they hit a good shot, I mean, I'm telling them that they hit a good shot, right. you know what I mean, but if, if it comes down to making the putt, you know, and winning the tournament, uh, I don't think about that person, I think about that putt. Oh, that's good. <laughs> That's yes. Right. <laughs> Stay focused. Stay in the present. That's right. Yes. I'm a, uh, and I Stay do focus. optimistic. I, I'm optimistic mm -hmm. and I do focus. What last piece of advice uh, do you both want to give? And so let's go to mom. So, so you're talking to people right now about principles of leaving, um, leaving a legacy. So everything we do can affect seven generations. So the legacy that both of you left is so beautiful. Any last piece of advice that you want to give? anyone that's listening today well, there's so many is to leave as much as you can of love to give to other people but that's about all yeah, I can love and I love. could I couldn't argue with you at all. Whatever the question is, the answer is love. So how do you handle challenges? It's with love. That's how do you have solution? It's with love. So dad, last piece of advice do you want to give? We're talking about principles of leaving a legacy behind you. Look at people or interview people uh, for a job. You look for somebody that's 
smarter than you, that uh, uh, is a good mentor, uh, that can uh, accomplish something that maybe you can't accomplish, mm. or somebody that you can learn from. And uh, especially if you're hiring somebody uh, uh, to work with you, and uh, never hire somebody you can't learn something from. Ooh, that's good. Never you know I mean? hire anyone you can't learn something from. Right. I mean, I'm that's talking powerful. Ab I'm talking about a, a position of management or uh, that you're going to be dealing with people. And the biggest thing in life, I think, is stick with people that you enjoy being with and that are happy people because it'll make you happy. And mm -hmm. the, uh, you know, I try to make people happy when I'm around anybody. You know, some people you'll never know are gonna make happy. And I don't wanna associate with those people. I agree. But I, I, mm -hmm. I respect them, you know, for right. whatever they're gonna be because, you know, they're not, they're not very happy in life, you know, as far right. as I'm concerned. And maybe they are in their own minds are happy with life. But as far as I'm concerned, I wanna be around happy people. Yeah. And I'll mm -hmm. tell you this, it makes you happy. Mm -hmm. It's like you smiling, you know, and you, you start getting smiled back. And yeah. it will make you feel good, it'll make them feel good, and uh, you'll have a wonderful relationship. Yeah. And especially if you can teach your children, you know, to be happy kids, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? To love life and to try to accomplish, you know, things that are important. And mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't have to be the president of a company. You know, it could it could be uh, you know you could own a restaurant and have mm -hmm. the uh, you know the best food in the world and uh, you know and have you know just keep building it you know yeah and uh, you know it's like I I enjoy, I enjoy cooking you know what I mean and uh, uh, it's, it's getting harder and harder for me to think about things to cook you know because <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, you know, it was important that uh, that I learned different things, and uh, so, and I'm I'm still learning, you know, and at uh, my very young age. Yes, you know, always be and, learning. I love right. that you said that because you are like that, and you're always learning. You're always asking questions, and no matter what, you that's know, right. not just giving advice. That's very, but very true. And, uh, beautiful. And I hope to continue to do that. Yeah. You know, because mm -hmm. uh, you know, they close that lid on me. I'll tell you something. I'll probably ask you. Yeah. Mm, yes. <laughs> I'll be asking my last question. Yes. <laughs> Why? Yeah, right. <laughs> we love you, Dad yeah. and Mom, so yeah. much. And I just want to thank you so much for doing this podcast interview. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to send us your stories of transformation through www.tinablack.net. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to give it a rating and subscribe. See you next time.